0: Hi friends and welcome back to my channel i'm here with some amazing people to discuss the second book of the dark tower series the drawing of the three and i don't know about you guys but i am really excited um if there's if there has ever been a book two books that are completely different in the same series i don't think i've ever read them before so i'm sure we all have lots of thoughts here Let's go really quick through some introductions. So, some of you have never been on my channel before, starting with you, Maza.
1: Yeah, guys. So, I'm Maza. Yeah, it's the first time. It's so cool to make it like the first time I'm here to make it a Stephen King series, kind of, which is like, I feel like for a lot of Stephen King fans, this is like, I feel like this is going to be such a horrible comparison, but like, this is like the Bible for constant rears. Like, the whole Dark Tower series is just like the holy grail for us. So, I think it's awesome that the first time I'm in your channel and with you guys, it's for the discussion of a dark tower book. But hey yeah, guys, I'm Masa Booktuber. I have a booktube channel. You guys can find me as Masa Booktuber. And yeah, like I said, I'm a really big concert reader, but I'm also getting into fantasy and recently into a lot of manga too.
2: Hi, I'm Summer and I have a channel called Cozy Reading with Quaker Cats. And yeah, it's my first time on Stacy's channel.
0: Yes. Hopefully not the last for either of you.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Steve and Brandy Uh, have been here many times.
3: (laughs) So I'm I'm, uh, I'm Steve, I have a channel, Steve Talks Books, and this is my wife, Brandy. And we are the newbies in the group, well, some of the newbies. So I have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I am Jeff Lane. Uh, I'm like that uh, that
4: bit of mold that keeps uh, showing up in the corner of your shower. That that on Stacey's channel, I pop up every once in a while, and she just can't get rid of me. But, it's always um, a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Stacey. Um, I write books um, that are similar, probably just similar to Stephen King um, in the uh, speculative thriller category, such as One Way and the Champion Saga, This Paper World, This Burning World. Uh, and um, I just have one question for you all. Did it, Chuck?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I
0: kept waiting in the whole book for that to be explained to me. (laughs) We'll get there. So we've got a few people here already on here. We got Josh. Welcome, Josh. I'm glad you could join us. And David. And of course, Raul.
3: (laughs) He's only here for Mazda, so.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay, I get guys, it. Have you guys? Have you
1: guys ever had one? It's a Mexican candy, and it's like um, I yes. think it's like peanut butter and like a bunch of other stuff
0: mixed into. Oh, like you got me on peanut butter. butter.
3: Yeah, oh,
2: they're delicious. They really yeah. are.
3: Yeah, I, I can't eat that kind of stuff because I'll I'll get diabetes or something.
0: It's so. <laughs> just uh, diabetes.
3: I can't do that anymore all right right.
0: so let's first talk about your non-spoiler thoughts what did you think no ratings we'll leave that to the end but just tell me what what you thought i'm going to start with steve and brandy since they this is their first time reading the drawing of the three so steve what what are your um what were your thoughts of this book
3: um i liked it a lot more than the gunslinger (laughs) Uh, but i will say that the gunslinger started making a little bit more sense not totally i mean but (laughs) <laughs> they started to come together a little bit more, so it's kind of made a few connections, but I really enjoyed the, the writing, and the story was good.
0: I mean. We're hearing a little bit of an echo. Uh, so
3: Am I
5: in, is it here, is it us, the no? echo? Um, I don't hear it anymore.
3: So yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good book. I, I'm excited for the rest of the series, sorry.
5: Oh, sorry. I loved it. Um, I was so nervous because I had a really rough time getting through the gunslinger. Um, but n- now I can see what, what everybody was talking about, about appreciating the gunslinger more, cause I'm glad I had that, even though it was really weird, that foundation of Roland and, um, just the world he's from and how, because it made it so much more funny when he, when, you know when you read about them in this book. And so, I don't know, I just had a great time with it. I did too, like Stacy, listen to the audio book and it was awesome, but I did both. I read and I did the audio book and I'm so glad I did. And I had to make Steve listen to at least a little bit of it because <laughs> it was just so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. So Maza, since you were not here for the Gunslinger, you have to tell us about both what were your thoughts of the gunslinger and versus this book
1: so i think um the gunslinger i haven't finished the series i'm on book five um and i stopped i stopped because i was like oh i'm gonna read it with you guys so it's perfect so when i so i don't know if like the like the whole completion of the series will make the book better but for for now uh uh the gunslinger and the girl the girl who loved tom gordon are like my worst stephen king book reads. So I, I i don't know when i read the gunslinger i It was so short of a book that i was just like okay i'm gonna get through this and it's gonna be fun especially because i have the cover with him looking all badass and like he just looked like a straight-up gunslinger and i was just like oh there's gonna be so much fun i got into it and i this is one of the few books that i find myself going i find myself going back and reading over and over again i was like i don't know what you're saying like it didn't really like it made sense but at the same time i was like what are you talking about because it would be kind of like jumbled like i felt like stephen king was just putting like all his like I don't know, like thoughts into like one page and it was just too much for me. And I was like, okay, you need to calm down a little bit. And then um, when I got to of the Three, I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep pushing forward because I have to read this series because a lot of people say that. But I've heard that a lot of people were saying that the first book was just like terrible, like to get over it, just to read it because he wasn't gonna keep reading. I mean, writing off to the Gunslinger, it was just gonna be the one book and just leave it at that, I think. And then he he, he started writing The Dragon of the Three so this one is where I mean you meet like the whole cast and I feel like that's what I needed more characters because I'm one of those readers that is like character driven like I want to know what every character is feeling and just seeing like the POV of the gunslinger was okay but in this book I felt like the drama three picked up tremendously like I was just like okay I'm I'm here for this like now I can start seeing the world a lot more and I felt like it just felt a lot more vivid and stuff because I feel like in the And the Gunslinger, it was a little bit too, like, shallow. Like, I was like, where are you? Like, I kind of saw the world a little bit, but it didn't give me much. As as for like, the drawing of the Three was, like, super good. I feel like, and especially because the drawing of the Three was my first book review. Like, I really was, like, really, like, intensely reading it and, like, taking notes and stuff.
0: That's awesome. So, Summer, you, this was your second time reading this?
2: Yes. It was my favorite the first time I read it, and it did not disappoint the second time through the reread. I absolutely love this book. Um, My favorite character is introduced. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about spoilers. (laughs) I can't wait.
0: (laughs) And Jeff, I'm sure you have lots of notes to share with us today. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, I did. They're all in my head. But yeah, I, I love this book too. This is my second time reading it this year, actually. Um, so <laughs> I'm a little bit of what they call a dark tower junkie. Eddie might say it's got me through the bag and back or whatever he says. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love this book. I think this is where the adventure takes off. I think this is where Stephen King is a fully fledged a uh, mega commercial success writer in you. And I think that's some of the difference that we're seeing from The Dark Tower to this book. Uh, he wrote The Dark Tower when he was 19. And since, I think he wrote this one in 86, 87, something like that. So he had had some of his big mega hits come out at this point. So he was officially Stephen King when he picked up this journey. And I, I think you can tell it's, it's action-packed, it's cinematic, uh, it has a good flow. And though there's a lot of, um, there are some flashbacks in it, it is a much more straightforward story in that the present story flows and is, we're much more with the gunslinger and uh, his new companions that he's drawing in the present with them kind of telling stories of their past versus the uh, gunslinger jumped around quite a bit in terms of what time frame you were in. Uh, So I think that helps that people like this story a lot more too. Plus, it's just, action-packed and lots lots of cool stuff our world their world just oh man it's a great book
0: i think cinematic is a great um word to to describe this book i felt like it was two different authors honestly it did not feel like i was reading the same author um so you could see that stephen king had definitely um improved i I don't want to say improved because there are a lot of people who actually really like the gunslinger Um, I don't know if there are people that liked it the first time they read it. (laughs) There are people that like it. So he's changed as a writer and, um, and I, I loved it. I, so honestly, I had to get out the tabs and mark some stuff so we can have a really good conversation today because there was so much that happened in this. It was a great story. But after our conversation of the gunslinger, I started picking up on more stuff here. It actually, I actually went back and skimmed through the gunslinger again, before um, I started this because um, well, actually it was in the middle of it because I I'd forgotten about what the cards meant. So when he talks to the Oracle, she tells him about, you know, what was going to happen and then you get the cards at the end and how they all t- I had to go back and read those parts again. Cause I was like, I want to make sure I remember this because now that it's coming to that point, um, especially when you meet, um a, a couple of characters and you you remember about the cards and the gunslinger so um i absolutely loved it there was uh only a few things that kept it from being a five star for me um, so i gave it a four. oh I'm, I'm sorry i'm not supposed to talk ratings here i go okay. um it, it was so one of the things i love about Stephen king is his characters he is excellent at writing characters that you just can't forget and this is by no means um any different and so it was very action-packed and it wasn't long-winded like some of his other more popular books and so it felt very concise but and you just there wasn't a point in the book where it didn't feel like uh you were floating you know like it was loose it's like okay i'm reading this i don't know what it has to do with the story um, where you, some of his bigger books, you tend to feel that way at some point, just disjoint it from the story. That was not the case here. And um, I, I loved it. I, I can't wait to talk spoilers so we can get into a little bit more about why we all loved it, what our favorite parts are. But we've got some comments here before we move on to the next part. And um, we've got um, Knitting Books has joined us. Hi,
2: Christina.
0: Uh, Book Time with Elvis. Thank oh, you so it. much for joining. I knew he wasn't dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ninny Nim Book says, I did like The Gunslinger, but I like jumpy puzzling narratives and I like to solve the puzzle. That's so, a really good point. Yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah. And I just really feel like after our discussion about The Gunslinger, just talking to you all about it really changed my view about it. And I went back like Stacy did and I listened to it before I started the drawing of the three again. So.
0: Well, I also wanted to be able to tie some of those things from the gunslinger into this book. And I didn't feel like I remembered enough. It was so, it moved around a lot. So there were things you're like, is this important? Is this not important? When is this important? I don't know, maybe I have to read The Gunslinger before every book now. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's why I say it's good to come around and read it at the very end. So after you <laughs> finish book seven, get, you yeah. just uh, cap it off with The Gunslinger at the very end. And mm-hmm. you'll see all the pieces kind of come together.
0: And so Raul says, The Gunslinger didn't give what was meant to be gave. I don't know if that's true. Um, having um now read the drawing of the three i do think that what he did in the gunslinger was very much on purpose Mm -hmm. and and that was what he meant to do but i also think there was a big time frame Mm -hmm. between when the gunslinger was originally written and when this happened it makes me wonder what came first like did he have the whole dark tower series you know figured out how he was going to do it in his head when he wrote the gunslinger or is he kind of just So it feels like it was meant to be, but maybe when he first wrote it, it wasn't.
1: I I think um, it wasn't just because he was gonna, he wasn't even gonna finish writing it. I think after his accident, that's when he was like, oh, I'm finally gonna get down and finish this because I think he had like a whole life. I don't know what they're called. Like where like, oh, the life flashed into his eyes, I guess. So he was like, I gotta finish this series because I know when he was like, I think he stopped. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but I think after The Wastelands, he wasn't going to write it. He, hasn't, he hadn't written anything else. And then he had his accident. And people were like from death row. People that were like in their 80s, 90s were just sending him letters telling him, hey, can you just tell me the ending of the dark, dark tower? He was like, I can't give you the ending because I don't even have the <laughs> ending yet. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was I like, know. I thought so, that was so crazy for someone in death row to be sending him a letter saying, I need to know because, you know, they're in death row. So, like, they're going to, yeah. So they need a
3: letter. Someone is that a motivation? Someone in death row, like I better write that book for this person in death row.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody needs to write a letter to George R. R. Martin.
3: Oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he's gotten one or two at this point. (laughs) Maybe. We'll drive, we'll drive up to Santa Fe and knock on his door.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I will say, but what you're talking about here, he does address some of those things in both either the forewords or the afterwards of many of the books. Yeah. So if you, if you were the type that skips those types of things, uh, those author's note type things, I wouldn't in the case of this series because he is in real time as of the time of writing each of these things. He does tell you where he's at in his thought process and his writing process. And I think at the end of this one, he even says, I think it's going to be six or seven books. So even he kind of knows that part. He tells you, I think the fourth book is going to be kind of a prequel. So he had loose outlines at least of what the structure was going to be, maybe not details and where it was going.
5: And he even says, like, I don't even know if Roland's going to be the one that makes it to the Dark Tower or, you know, so those little chunks at the end, he gives away some stuff.
4: Yeah. And you guys talked so. about going back to The Gunslinger as well. His argument at the beginning does a really good job of recapping kind of the salient points of The Gunslinger. And it it kind of reminds me of what they do with serialized TV nowadays, where they'll say previously on, and they show you just enough key things that you know, ooh, I, yes, I do remember that scene from four episodes ago. But the reason why they're showing me it now is because it must mean something for this episode. Uh, and I think he's doing that. He also did it for a very practical reason because this was like the middle of the, the mid 80s. We didn't have Wikipedia. We didn't have uh, you know, podcasts and YouTube videos that we could go get quick summaries of a book that came out seven years ago before we start reading the next book. So he was doing in, a, in essence what the internet does today and kind of like, all right, previously on, now you're ready to start this story.
0: Yeah, but it did make me go, oh, I don't remember that part. And I had to go back and read that section again in in the book to get the full context. So it also kind of went, oh man, I just read that last month. How did I miss that? (laughs) So before we move on to spoilers, for those in that are joining us that have not yet read The Drawing of the Three, maybe you read The Gunslayer, didn't like it, and you're like, eh, I don't think this is for me. What would you say to those people that are here now, should they go ahead and just watch this video and see if they you know get spoiled or you say shut it off now go buy the book and read it Maza
1: um I think they should just stick around because I feel like even though we're gonna give spoilers I feel like we're gonna give those vague spoilers Or not really vague but like we might hit on big ones but it's, it's gonna like pick their interest like I for one like would look at reviews and I would look at the uh, spoiler reviews and like they say stuff and I'm like well, well wait how did he do that why did they do that and then it picks your interest and you're like I want to go pick that up so if you stay and and see the spoil and hear the spoilers I feel like you'll be like more wanting to read the book because I always tell people that the first book just get through the first book and then you, it'll make a lot more sense and then the second book is like character work character like uh, we, int- we get introduced to the characters and the third book is where the story for my in my opinion really finally takes off okay
2: summer so i like going into books blind and um so i wouldn't watch it until after i read it but because i think all of us are going to want to really get you know down and dirty
5: with the spoilers (laughs) (laughs) i'm with summer i i would go read it first because i also had no idea Especially after reading the Gunslinger, I hadn't. I was just left after the Gunslinger, like, where is this going? What is this gonna? What really gonna be about? And it was just so satisfying reading this book, figuring out. Okay, okay, this is cool, you know. So I want other people to have that experience.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm in agreement with the two of you with going. I like to go into things blind, and I I enjoy. I'm enjoying the journey of reading this one so don't watch the spoiler portion go read the book and give it a shot and I think the what Jeff told us before we started was perfect is just get through the first book and you know it'll make sense so
5: and even the the first book for me is so much better now having mm-hmm. read the second one I get it I get what you're saying
4: <laughs> yeah I think I think no i'm just an anti-spoiler guy any anyway for anything i think you should you should always try to like come at things fresh and and let the, the vision of the creator kind of roll out people who like read the last book of a last page of a book i'm like why why how how why <laughs> i don't get that but yeah i'll i'll let my advice stand you know some people really love the first book anyway but i say regardless of what you think the first book you think it's promising if you don't like it it Read it through the second book. If you're not in by the end of the second book, fine. Give up on the series. It's probably not for you, um, and get maybe get some mental help at that point. But the uh, the second book is really where it takes off like rocket fuel.
1: No, Jeff. Me and David have this joke where like uh, we're always like, no, no, no. You have to wait till the sixth book, the the last (laughs) page of the book, the last sentence, and then it'll get good.
4: Just wait till season three of, of XYZ show. Yeah, I was, when people say that to me, I'm like,
0: mm, that's a <laughs> lot of so well, David, thanks for joining. I'm so glad that we talked you into, uh, well, I, if you were already planning to start it, then maybe we didn't talk you into it, but I think you'll enjoy it. I, I Just don't let Gunslinger bring you down. <laughs> um, so I agree with, with uh, most of you. Sorry, Maza. I think that if you are watching right now and you uh, intend on reading this this book go ahead and log off go buy it read it raul will wait
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay he's done <laughs>
0: okay, we, we can start now God. all right so spoiler warning can't say we didn't warn you <laughs> so I'm kind of had a idea to do this and the same way the book and the same uh, structure as a book we're going to go through and talk about each door and starting with door number one but before we go there of course there are some things that happen before he finds the first door so i could not believe how quickly this book just jumped into it i mean you know you're starting it and you're like it's kind of like you're going for a walk and then boom you know you (laughs) are get hit by a car so you know, talking about your just initial reading the first, you know, couple of chapters before he even finds the first door, what were your thoughts? We're gonna kind of go in a different order. I'm gonna start with Jeff.
4: Yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested in everybody else's thoughts, but one of my favorite things about this book, um, and, and I love this in general, but in The Gunslinger, we set him up as just such a keen killer and, you know, nothing can bring him down, almost infallible, like, he can take out a whole town he's not worried by the slow muties under the under the mountain like he is just stone cold killer so skilled so trained by court just in, like a jedi basically just just invincible um, and within page first pages of the book that ends like we are, he's brought down he's brought low and we don't even realize yet how low it's going to get but the tools of his trade are gone. His fingers are gone, his bullets are wet and, and are gone. And I love scarcity in a book too. I love when things are finite and you're like, oh boy, I've, got, I've only got X amount of left. I gotta, I gotta scrimp, I gotta save, I gotta look for alternatives. And so those two things right out of the gate in this book, like I'm in, it, it, got, the, it got me salivating for more. Our, our invincible hero isn't invincible anymore.
1: And he's got very limited resources that are running out.
0: Yeah, Maza.
1: Yeah, I just saw Nitty Books. I'm um, the los, the Lobstrosities. Um, as <laughs> soon as I heard that word, I was just, I just pictured like this big old human like with crab-like hands and like I don't know. It was so cool. Like it was high stakes from the start. Like I felt like one of those books where you like, kind of like uh this is gonna be horrible but i'm bringing up like a fortnite reference where you just get dropped in that little island and all of a sudden you have to fight for survival and it's just like from the start i was like well this guy and then also i think this is a humongous spoiler but like his hand just goes out of the, like the whole picture and i was just like wait he's a freaking gunslinger how like how did he just take away his hand in the second book i was just like okay okay i'm here for this i feel like that's the point when the series where i was like okay i feel like i'm gonna enjoy this just because i love when an author doesn't care i mean he cares for his characters but <laughs> not even his main character is safe which is awesome
0: it's summer
2: yeah when when his fingers were gone i just thought and how it happened it was like that and i was like <laughs> no, no no wait he must be mistaken they must there must be a way for him to get them back, you know? How is this all going to work? And yeah, the Lobstrosities <laughs> were something else for sure. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I loved the little um, forward in the book, um, what is it called, on being 19 and a few other things, the introduction, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that, loved it.
0: Yeah, because we talked about last time, uh, we'll come back to you, Stu. right, I'm so sorry. We talked about last time, uh, 19 being, an important number. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, it, it, it wasn't just that one thing. There's more to it than that. So that was really cool. So <clears throat> Stephen Brandy, this is your first, like myself, first experience with the drawing of the three. Having read The Gunslinger, were you expecting, was it like whiplash for you when you first read what happened at the very beginning of this book? Because for me, I was like, was that a dream? <laughs>
5: that just happened. Well, I don't know. I. I did read The Gunslinger twice because I was trying to give it another fair chance and um, I wasn't surprised because just because I knew Stephen King was going to take these big chances r- even though I had no idea where this was going and what this story was even going to be about but um, he did kill a t- whole entire town full of people so I know that there's big things gonna happen so I wasn't like super I was good but I I like that um <clears throat> no one's safe like Maza said you know
3: um so it starts really fast like like you all said it's really action packed and I I was shocked when he was starting to be maimed in the first you know, few pa- Or it wasn't very long but I thought there was gonna be magic or something's gonna bring his hand back but I did like that. The Gunslinger, he was almost like had a cheat code and then the cheat code was gone and he had Mm -hmm. a limited amount of life and resources. So that made it a lot more interesting because in the first book, it felt like he was almost invincible. And and all of a sudden he wasn't. So that was a nice little
0: touch. It's funny that almost all of you brought up the fact that he went from being almost invincible in the first book to quite literally the very beginning of this being dropped down quite a few pegs. And I wondered when I was reading that if there was a lot of um, pushback after the Gunslinger that people were like, you know, we don't want a hero that can do everything, and that he did that on purpose. It's like, okay, I going to have to find a way to bring Roland down a little bit, that he actually needs people to help him get to the Dark Tower. So I, <clears throat> I really had whiplash. I had to go back and reread it because I was like, is this still part of the dream that he was having? Because you know quite literally starts with him falling asleep on the beach. And um, I was, I don't think I read that right. (laughs) So this, this can't be happening, right? He's going to wake up and his hand is there. So I I liked it because it really made me, um, second guess where it was the story was going to go. Cause I had expectations. I, I was pretty sure it was going to be better, but I didn't think it was going to be that much better that quickly. So I, it was very, um, and then I kept thinking, is it good, you know, now my, my, uh, uh-oh, Jeff lost his phone. <laughs> um, I, I was wondering if the bar was going to remain high, because sometimes when you start like that, there it's very easy for your expectations to go down, or your your expectations to be high in the beginning of a book, but he really maintained... Uh, the pacing was good everything was really good throughout the book so I thought that was a solid start and and you know probably one of the things that Stephen King is really good at is the beginnings of his books not so much as endings but we'll talk about the ending when we get to the get further on in the video do, do so
1: like the illustrated editions or the ones that have the pictures within the book
5: oh my Kindle version had some pictures hmm. really Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so like my plume editions they all have like pictures within the like I don't know how many pages and then there's the picture like I really enjoy mm-hmm. that it's maybe because I like picture books but Was like there a
0: picture of the Lobstrosities in there
1: uh, let me look um, <laughs> um oh, <laughs> I wanna yeah. know. it's just a hand though oh um,
0: oh
5: wow yeah I didn't picture them like that because, because my pictures were better, like, better
0: like yeah Okay, so let's so now, um you know, <laughs> the gunslinger is very much in a bad way, and he comes upon the first door, the prisoner, and he opens it up, and what does he see?'ll Start with uh, summer.
2: Well, I have to say, I absolutely loved that. Eddie is my favorite character I, i'm just I just love Eddie so much. And so the idea that you can actually take over, you can see through someone's eyes and not take over, but then you can also take over somebody else. And also this person, um, you know, not understanding that this person, all of his issues, you know, and um, yeah, I I love that. I love the, I don't know how far to go with it, (laughs) but I love the, the flight attendant who actually saw his eyes change and um yeah the whole thing with hiding the drugs and how they managed to do all that i
5: mean i was just i absolutely loved it i'm with summer i was just like oh man this is this is gonna be fun okay we can be in people's minds we could take over we can i mean i was just like all excited about it
0: yeah, it was definitely, so what I had told uh, Brandy about this while we were reading, I was like, it was so neat how you 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 experience what's happening on the other side of the door with Roland. So at first you, he doesn't know where he's at and he's describing it. And I'm like, where, is this like some spaceship? What is going on here? And and, and then you figure out it's an airplane and I felt really stupid. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I know, I love seeing, or like- learning Roland's as Roland learns what things are in this other through this other door it's just the way he describes things and this, the like the Tudor fish or you know it's just oh it's so funny it's so good
1: wasn't it kind of nerve-wracking because like he's on he's in a plane like we we figure out that he's on a plane you know he has like this whole like uh it was like kind of like a little thing of cocaine and stuff and it's like how is he gonna get rid of all this stuff like I, I was thinking like if i was in that situation i would never be but i'm just thinking like that'd be so nerve-wracking you're on top like of this big old thing on in, in like in the air how are you gonna be able to escape from there like there was no escape route for him like i don't know i just felt especially because of all like the The stuff that we have connected with like planes and stuff so i was just like oh man like what the heck is gonna happen because i think when he wrote this none of the stuff that we know could happen with planes had happened yet so i think stephen king was kind of like oh okay kind of like playing with it a little bit but once he got rid of the when he got rid of the drugs i was just like that was like i i I, never crossed my mind that he would do it that way like it was surprising even towards like the, the whole end of that scene
0: jeff
4: yeah, I, yeah, I, I love the disorientation that you, new folks, had coming into uh, Eddie's world and, and seeing through his eyes. Because of course, having read it as many times as as Summer and, and Maz and I have, I, I knew it was a plane. So I, that that disorientation wasn't there anymore. Um, but I love seeing that through through your eyes. Um, I do love how we start establishing the rules about how much you know how much could come forward. Can he take stuff back? Can he come all the way through? Like this whole, this whole, and we learn there are kind of different modes to to how the door works. Uh, and that Roland kind of intuits it, like he he um, he just kind of by gut feel, kind of you know. Court didn't teach him this; it was just he's figuring it out as he goes along. But he gets these feelings sometimes, and he thinks he can do this. He's pretty sure. Um, yeah, and I do love like all the side characters in this. The the pilots and and um, you know the police officers and later on we get to, to Balazar and his goon squad like just in just enough detail here and there to give them a little backstory to flesh them out. Uh, I I thought that was great and Eddie's sense of humor mm-hmm. uh, just just in Tudorfish Popkins and <laughs> Roland freaking out about how much people are wasting paper and it's just <laughs> just some details like that really. <laughs> just make this section perfect
1: jeff have you seen uh the book of eli
4: no i haven't Do uh, i need to go watch
1: it Uh yeah I, I think so just because when i saw the book of eli i think it was a better um representation of the dark tower even though they're not connected in any way shape or form like when you when you see the book of eli and you and you're or as you're reading the dark tower i feel like you get a sense of like a little bit more of how maybe the world is because in that movie too like the paper for them is like valuable like they don't waste paper and they instead of money they trade like for example he gave them a blanket and some gloves and i was just like oh okay so this is how it's gonna go down and i feel like that's how it would be in those times where like everything just went to crap basically and like we're like we're we have to survive by trading instead of like actually using paper money because again paper is so valuable yeah i, I i'm i'm on i'm on it I'm, i'll watch it nice
4: i do so it was rich. funny though I, and i don't know if you guys or anybody watched lost or fans of lost but um when lost was coming out stephen king was a big lost fan and i even think he started writing a column for entertainment weekly about lost and um he just and this scene now after after having watched lost reminds me a lot of charlie uh hiding his drugs in in the toilet when he was flying on flight 815 and it just i love those connections back and forth obviously this was written before lost the writers of of lost were probably influenced a little bit by uh stephen king but this that was the image i got in my head this time charlie trying to get rid of his heroin in the bathroom
5: yeah and and just that whole feeling you get when they're like you can hear them they're it's almost like you're there and you're watching it banging Mm -hmm. on the door banging on the door come out, I'm, you know, come out. And I just felt like my hands were sweating and I was like, oh my gosh, is he gonna be able to take the drugs away? And it, oh, she's so good.
0: Yeah, I love- This thing is great about making you feel what the characters Mm -hmm. are feeling. Mm -hmm.
2: I love the whole thing with the food about Roland experiencing food in Eddie's world. Mm -hmm. And another thing on page uh, 118 in my edition, he talks about how, why would anybody ever do cocaine or any other drug when you have sugar so,
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: i loved that so,
5: uh, yeah i loved that i like not how quite he's sure if he's
4: funny. eating dog or not you know, when he's <laughs> oh, <dog>. yeah. <laughs> oh. But, yeah i'll eat it anyway
0: <laughs> i liked how when, so you you talked about the sugar that was when he was drinking the coca-cola for the first time and he says i wonder if mm. he's thinking the stuff that the white powder in the packets or you know that that Eddie is snorting is the same thing as what is in the Coca Cola. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Stephen King do something.
1: <laughs> i think he didn't introduce him to coffee? Because you can't imagine. I know coffee is like the biggest drug in the world. So it's like if he were like, I I would want to see that though, like a rolling on coffee in a coffee certain rush It'd be like, oof. <laughs>
5: It was definitely fun watching him discover, or reading as he discovered things from, I guess would be our world, you know, just laughing at his take on it, on it all. And yeah, just, I mean, it was good, it was good. It was, I don't know, you just, and even those parts where Eddie teaches him lingo of some sort, like, and he says, that's cool. You know, it's like, you could just picture him saying, cool.
2: You know, something I didn't realize the first time I read this was that Roland kept Eddie clean.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, without Roland, Eddie would have, if Roland would have said yes, I mean, and Roland took great risks keeping him there with his body, you know, at certain points. So yeah, I didn't notice that the first time through. Mm -hmm. speaking
4: of eddie though uh, you do see um in terms of character introductions you get you know okay he's a junkie and he's he's got this you know complicated relationship with his brother but underneath it all you see how clever he is and how quick he is to kind of outsmart the police and even though he's scared he can turn on the charm and uh and then and then roland even talks about is steel, like he sees this like undercurrent of steel under Eddie that's been kind of tamped down by the drugs and tamped down by the kind of mind games that Henry and, and his mom played with him. Um, but you start to see uh, these strengths in Eddie come out even though he's he's not such a great character. You know, he's running drugs and he's, he's a druggie and working for the mafia and all that. So,
1: did you also guys did you guys get like the whole sense of like of awe when you find out like each door was named why it was named like that? Like it was like, Oh, that makes sense. Like because at first when you first hear this, hear the, like you read the name of the door, you're kind of like the prisoner. But then after you're like, Oh, okay, I see why. I don't know. I I got that feeling every time I read it, I was like, Oh, even with each each door, I'll be like, Oh, okay, clever.
0: There was a part in the very beginning where Eddie is thinking about how somebody had told him once he started drugs he would have a monkey on his back and that is literally what the card for the prisoner had was a monkey or i think it was a monkey a gorilla or something mm-hmm. on the back of a person so you could see why he is the prisoner yeah. um but so there's so much happened in this part, act one, if you will, of uh, this book where um, where Roland meets Eddie, so much more happens in this one than than in the other doors. Um, so let's talk, we talked a little bit about the police and his scene with the police. So let's talk about the whole scene where he goes to give the drugs to the, um, I can't remember the guy's name, is it Bal- Balazar?
4: Yeah.
0: yeah. There, so much happens there too. I mean, this is when Roland figures out he can actually enter into um, Eddie's world, and so they work together in their own bodies. So, what did you guys think of that, uh, Steve? You didn't talk much in the last part, so let's hear what your thoughts are about this.
3: <laughs> well, I have a question for for people who know writing better than I do, because I'm not—I don't pretend to know. But I'm not sure what it is about Stephen King and his action. I'm not sure how he does it, but it's different than most other authors i'm not sure if there's something he does differently with action scenes because it's it's it has a different feel to it i'm not sure if if any of you who are more experienced know the the good good or bad feel steve in a good way a good one Very, very very smooth very it's just felt it didn't over explain what was happening but you knew exactly what was happening and i'm not sure how he does it but kind of like if you're seeing
1: a trailer for a movie yeah
3: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and i don't even know if i if i
4: want to know honestly like it's you know sometimes you just want to enjoy the recipe and not know what the chef did to prepare it but it's not straightforward that's for sure like he doesn't he's not just describing the action he's getting in the character's heads he's talking about, you know, something they noticed, something they saw, a memory from two years ago. Like he does this like weaving in and out of their heads, going to different points of view. And it is so cinematic, like in that scene, you can see the chipped fake wood paneling, flying with the bullets. You know, it's just, it is, it, it's a, he's a master. What I, I am so fired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What I thought was so comical is like, they're doing this whole shootout scene but he's naked and i was just like i couldn't even do a shootout with my clothes on this guy's over here like whole oh, on am new and it's just like i don't know like it was so many thoughts going to my head like this guy's over here new and he's over here running around jumping around and just like do you yeah that's good that's good
0: <laughs> well, steve did you enjoy the action I'm, I'm guessing you enjoyed the action of these scenes here
3: yeah it was a lot of fun and like like maza said he's in his underwear and there's all these all these things happening but it, it it stays focused on this on what's happening but there's all these different things going on but you focus in on the uh, I, said, I, don't, I don't that's the first time i've really i've read a, an action scene i think that he's written other than in the gunslinger but it just had a different feel to it than other scenes i've written so i'm, I'm not sure if there was a like a, a way he does it but it just seemed very very flawless i'm not sure how it happens but that's what stood out to me is just his writing and a great is a writing action
1: that's right this is like what you're starting off for Stephen King huh Steve Mm -hmm. this is like a starting point okay yeah um a book that I would recommend for you like if you love action scenes and just like chaos in general in my opinion I think Needful Things does a great job as well like knowing like the whole chaos and like the whole action scenes that's a book where I think he also like did fantastic job of making you feel like it's like a little trailer movie like everything and especially because in that book you'll get to see everyone's a point of view and it's just chaos from like the beginning of the book kind of till the very end like the very end is just like a big old explosion of chaos and it just, it's just it's phenomenal how he can like keep track like you're saying like he keep track of like everything he's putting together like Jeff was saying he's weaving this whole thing for an author to keep track of all the things he's mentioned to make sure he doesn't have any plot holes in what he said is Mm -hmm. just a tremendous work in my opinion. Mm -hmm.
5: He definitely
0: trusts the reader to fill in the blanks for him. And I think that's the reason why his horror is so good. Like you are saying, Jeff, he kind of weaves in and out of the character's head. So you're experiencing their fear, not just, oh, I'm showing you something that's scary. You know why it's scary. The characters are, you know, it was one of those, when I was a teenager, and I read it for the first time. It was terrifying because I really related with the kids. And so when they were scared of something like a giant bird, which as an adult now, I'd be like, okay, that's not real. <laughs> but for Michael, it was terrifying. It was you know one of his biggest fears. Um, but Stephen King does that so well because he makes you feel what the characters are feeling. So it's not just, this is, you know, a generalized scary thing, like a ghost where we all kind of share that fear. This is a fear that's specific for a character and you know, it's scary because you're in that character's head. Mm -hmm. And in this book, the, the confusion that Roland feels, you feel that as you're entering into this world. And that was to me already spoke, volumes about how much i was going to enjoy i've always been a stephen king fan maybe not a constant reader but i can't say there's very many of his books that i disliked but yes this action scene and i also thought that roland kind of went into this thinking he knew he had limitations because of his fingers but he also kind of didn't have that same level or he he didn't have the fear right he kind of was like "Eh, i'm gonna do this and then he realized really quickly okay maybe i need help and and, you know, Eddie's the one that steps in and helps him. So, you know, we say that, that Roland really played a big part in Eddie's life. He kept him clean, but, you know, not just in this chapter, Eddie kind of steps up and helps him as well. And so there's, there's kind of a mutual, um, I don't, I don't know, like a, a mutual helping.
1: <laughs> like if you sketch my bag, I'll sketch your bag. Yeah. A symbiotic relationship.
0: <clears throat> yes. But what it's it's organic, right? It's not, okay, you did that. I'm going to do this. Um, it was kind of like, you know, Eddie didn't do it because Roland kept him clean. He didn't save him because of that. You know, he saved him because it, it was his instinct to do it. And cause they, you know, my the enemy and my friend is my enemy kind of thing. Well,
2: but I, yeah, I thought I, this
0: was a perfect scene to show that what was eventually going to be the bond between these two characters.
2: Yeah, I feel like they needed each other to survive. And through the whole shootout, I was so worried for Eddie because I thought, is he going to be in denial of what has happened to his brother? Is he? How is that going to affect him? Because this is the first time I feel like Eddie has really stepped up and done something. Um, you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah.
4: Also, another I think another reason why the the action scene was so good is because it was it was constructed and built well before this, and so the action scene is probably you know maybe a couple pages, and that's the payoff. But he built it so well, like all these details about you know Eddie having a nickname for Old Double Ugly and Chimi Dredo, and and you know the guys off in the other room you know playing Trivial Pursuit with Henry and. Every answer was Johnny Cash. and uh, <laughs> until
5: it needed to be Johnny Cash and
4: then it wasn't Johnny <laughs> <Mr. Will> Brenner. <laughs> and, then he, and then like even the boss and constructing his house of cards and Chimi being in awe of this like it wasn't just coming in and go, okay, and then Roland shot goon number one and goon number two and goon, it was there was a little life to all of these people. And some stakes as to why they'd be dangerous if they weren't just like, you know, dime. when you watch a movie, you don't have time to do this. So you just see him as, you know, goon number one, goon number two, and they go down like a deck of cards and it's no big deal. It's stormtroopers on the Death Star. But Stephen King sets this up and he constructs it well ahead. So when he lights the fuse and all this goes off, we're in, we're so in and we, we see this happening. And maybe that's part of some of the smoothness that Steve picked up on too. That mm-hmm. it's not just and the guy to his left. It was in you know, old Double Ugly George Beyond. You know,
1: that's so true. Because um, even the smallest character gets a little bit of life, like infused yeah. into him. Like it's not like there's there's a lot of side characters, but I feel like each of them you kind of like get to see them, even if it's really a millisecond. You get to see within them and like it's not just like you said because it does get pretty annoying when like they say oh i killed bodyguard number one bodyguard number two and then i got to the main target and it's like bro. yeah
0: so there's a line right before the shootout happens when ando indolini uh-huh. um <clears throat> i think he, this is when he sees roland come out of the earth i can't remember what happened right before this but i tagged it because i thought it was a really interesting line but So Andalini is, he says, he's looking, he's, I didn't know what had happened. Part of him was sure he had gone crazy. Part was sure Eddie had doped him or gassed him or something like that. Part believed that the vengeful God of his childhood had finally tired of his evils and had plucked him away from the world he knew and set him down in this weird purgatory. And so we had talked in Gunslinger about whether or not um, Gunslinger's world was a purgatory. And so we see here that it's, when he's looked through, that's what it was. He looked through the door and he's like, what What the hell is that? <laughs> and, uh, and he describes it as a purgatory. And so I, I thought that was interesting. Um, but that, that's right before Roland comes through the door and um, and the, the shootout starts. That just was, I had, I had made a note of that. I, I made notes of lots of cool references in here that kind of brought me back to our discussions in the Gunslinger. So I really enjoyed reading this one.
1: I
4: think there's another line in that, right close to that, where um, the gunslinger shoots at the same time that um, uh, Andolini shoots and like the, the bullet explodes in his gun. And, uh, and the gunslinger is talking about it after saying, like, I think I've only seen that happen like twice before. <laughs> so, it's like, man, you know, this is one in a trillion shot gunslingers happen, you know. Seen it happen like twice before. Yeah, you, know, it happens. you know, shoot down the barrel of the other guy's gun. <laughs>
1: it's like not, no biggie. I, I do that sometimes. Do you guys, Jeff and Summer and Stacy, um, and Steve? You guys will probably get to see this a lot too, with like, um, Stephen King books. Do you guys notice that he actually brings up heaven and hell a lot? Like, especially heaven. Like, he always, but he's always like in the middle. Like, in some books, he says that there is a heaven. And then in other books, he's like, nah, there's no such thing as heaven. And like, well, there is something like a big like identity out there, like protecting us. And like, he, I don't know. I've always like found it so fascinating that he's like in the middle. Like, I wonder if him as a person, like a like him as a person, I guess, like as a human being is in the middle too. Like, he's in the fence about believing in heaven and not believing. So it portrays in his writing. Or maybe he just does it because he doesn't want to lean one way or the other just because he doesn't want to hurt. But I feel like Stephen King is not the type of person to care if he's gonna hurt someone's feelings. So, you know, like if that's just him as a person being stuck in the middle believing or not.
2: Well, I I kind of feel like that's a human experience for a lot of us, you know? And we're talking about a long period of time. If you're talking about when he started writing to now, I mean, he's gone through a whole (laughs) lifetime of experiences. So,
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true.
2: I want to talk about <coughs> lobtosis. The what? Which, and do you think they taste like lobster?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that leads us to the shuffle right before door two. Let's I have talk question, about
5: a question about the shuffle because I you said you listened to it in audiobook. Mm-hmm. I listened to it on audiobook, but I was also reading. So mm-hmm. when I was reading, the audiobook actually shuffled and read mm-hmm. them out of order. From what they were in the book. Now, oh. is that something you guys picked up on that was meant to happen? Mm-hmm. Or I, just as, as somebody who's read through the book, he read it like in different pieces in the audiobook, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I was I really curious about that. that part. But I felt like it was a big haze of him being, um, of Roland being sick and feverish, like a fever dream situation and um, Eddie coming down off the smack, you know? So I don't know if he meant to like, or maybe my Kindle copy was it weird. I don't know.
0: I don't know if we trust your bootleg Kindle copies anymore. <laughs> They're not bootleg.
4: Brandy's out on the dark web getting like, you know,
0: well this one was rewritten as well I noticed in the copyright there's two copyright dates there's 1987 and then 2003. so Hmm. I don't know if you made edits and you're reading an old version of it again (laughs)
1: oh that's right because you didn't you 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 actually read the first uh, Gunslinger huh Randy you didn't read the revised edition
5: yeah it was it was different I think that's cool
1: that's a good one that's a good one because I feel like in the revised one like I read the revised one too and it kind of takes a little bit of i don't want to say the life but like you know when you when you it's like comparing it to like a homemade muffin and then like a muffin that you already like bought the store like i kind of know that's how i saw like the homemade muffin like it felt a little bit better than the home like the one that you buy at walmart kind of i don't know that's my take on it (laughs) great (laughs) analogy
0: so circling back to what summer said in the shuffle we have eddie now taking care of roland literally he's he's feeding him lobstrosities, And uh, I thought that was cool cause it was the lobstrosity. He, and even Roland says, I wonder if that was the one that I had eaten in my fingers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's eating the thing that may have eaten him.
5: And um, then you don't know if it's poisonous.
0: Well, it's either that or death, starvation, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> there's nothing else. That's why I was surprised when Roland said, we're eating that. And I'm like, of course you are. What else are you going to eat? <laughs>
4: I, I i vote for it since Stephen King's from Maine. I'm originally from Maine. I'm gonna go. It just tastes like tastes like giant lobster. That's that's my vote.
2: I don't know. I think they'd be a little more sour. Like they'd have a a tang to them.
4: Little little slight flavor of andalini.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> they were like human, but they were also at the same time a lobster. Do you think it's cannibalism or no?
2: Nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
0: like no (laughs) i think the tang is nothing some butter wouldn't cover up
3: there you (laughs) go
0: so um here we have roland getting um getting better with the antibiotics and so they're moving on to the next door Um, i can't remember if there's anything in the shuffle that was real. i don't have any Tabs for here. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we move on to the next door?
3: Uh, let me see what what pages. I mean, I have a page tabbed here, but it, so I wanted to talk about ka. Okay. I'm not sure where it is. So, ka ka. Say it twice, then, Steve.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just keep forgetting all these funny things.
3: <laughs> yeah, because uh, there was some inside. Dark Tower jokes last time we met, and I was we were I was confused. So it was nice to see uh nice to find out what ca meant. So it was on page yeah, Go ahead and read it. Um well it starts with uh what's caught Eddie's voice was translucent. I never heard of it except if you say it twice, you come out with the baby word for shit. <laughs> but uh that's just the yeah. Um let me see. Uh, let me find out. I was just looking at it. Sorry. It, it's basically what's happened, what's going to happen, and what's happening now in a nutshell, I think. I do love how
4: Eddie kind of calls him out on it because like a lot of people, you know, you can say, Well, this is my fate, or this is what it was meant to be. And you know, sometimes you buy into that. You're like, Yes, you you were destined to be this, and you're absolutely right, you're on the right path. And then other and Eddie just kind of says, Well, well, that's just what you say when you want it to be what you want it to be and
1: mm-hmm. he kind of
4: calls it calls it bullshit you know, so is
1: that, is that kind of why you like eddie so much summer just because he's like i feel like it'd be like uh, i was like what the heck are you talking about bro it's just like it doesn't mean it's gonna happen just because you say it's car like i feel like that's how eddie would be like okay whatever it's called like, like steve was saying it's like probably just a little baby shit or something like
0: what are you talking about <laughs>
4: We're going stay. Are we swearing on your
0: channel? I don't care. It doesn't bother oh. me. They're gonna so get I you. don't have. If there are any young people watching this, you should ask your parents for permission because <laughs> you shouldn't be watching this in the first place.
4: <laughs> Just pretend we said caca. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we talked about how one of the things about Eddie is he's always kind of been needed, right? His brother has always. Um needed him. and so he's always been in a position of being needed. Um, and now here he is with Roland, and he very quickly fills that position for Roland. And there is a uh, a scene here where um, Roland says to Eddie "Sometimes, uh, or he says, there are people who need people to need them. The reason you don't understand is because because you're not one of these people. but I didn't I, I didn't think that that was true. Uh, what did you guys? So and he says you use you'd use me. Oh no, I'm sorry. He says this. Eddie is saying this to the gunslinger. Sorry, I'm I'm misreading. So Eddie is explaining to the gunslinger that there are people that that need um, people to need them, and that is exactly who Eddie is. And and then he says you don't understand this because you're not one of those people. You'd use me and then toss me away like a paper bag if that's what it came down to. And you, were, Mazu, you're talking about how Eddie just kind of tells the gunslinger, "This is how it is," and he doesn't. This is one of those times he's like, "Look, you know, um, you don't need people," but that's not true because the gunslinger is essentially finding these people and bringing them back because he does need them. He just doesn't really understand why he needs them yet. Well, he,
4: he needs them, but he doesn't need them to need him
0: oh that's true yes okay
4: that's what Eddie's saying like you don't you don't want to care for people you don't want to take care of people because they need you 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 need people you need just like a carpenter needs a hammer like you just you need tools but he doesn't need that in reciprocation
1: but i like the progress in the book I mean, we find out that eddie in the end might need a rolling a little bit more than he thinks just because i don't know what you, what, what do you think jeff like do you think at this point stephen king had already experienced like his drug abuse kind of thing or not yet i felt like he, he knew what eddie <laughs> felt like that freaking monkey on his back and I, I just it was so interesting to see when eddie needed that like you could feel that he actually needed it, it wasn't just like oh i do this sometimes and i kind of need to have some right now it was just like that freaking monkey and then knowing king's like past i was like i wonder if that was connecting and he was portraying it in his story which is kind of like a cry for help
4: He's, he was definitely deep into it now, and he, he's given interviews where he talks about that, um, and it's a theme that continues all the way through. We did we did Doctor Sleep uh, a couple months ago, which is a more recent book, and he, t- you know, the main characters are going to AA and things like that. So he's, I, I think he was definitely much earlier on in his journey through that, but no doubt his his experience with with Eddie and, and needing to, you know the withdrawals and all that. I'm sure he's writing some things out from inside him.
0: I do think at some point that the the role in needing Eddie to stay sober was at first very selfish, right? Because he needed him to be sober. But I think that changed towards the end. He he knew that it was better for him. Like There, there are some times where he's like, I just know that you would be better off without this because he'd seen you know with the double weed what well, it does to people so it wasn't just a, i need you to be sober kind of thing it was also you know maybe he didn't really want to care about Eddie, but he did because it was important for him to stay sober for eddie's sake at some point that kind of changed and i i think it might be after the second door when he realizes what um eddie starts having feelings for said person beyond the second door so are we ready to get on with that? Let's talk about door number two. And we are already in an hour. It's like an hour took us just to get through Eddie. <laughs> so we can have a part two of it.
2: And Odetta is way more fascinating, even though Eddie's is yeah. my favorite.
0: So let's talk about Odetta Detta. <laughs> so let's start with Brandy. Brandy, what did you, what did you think? I, I, of think, Odetta?
5: I, I think at some point I did text uh Stacy with big wide emoji eyes like Detta. Holy crap, she's <laughs> exhausting. But I th- she was meant to be exhausting, but she exhausted me. I was just like, man, this chick. And then my my other which isn't necessarily bad. I mean, I like an annoying character. It was very believable. She well, was you're married
3: to me, so. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but but it was entertaining and you just you still with her even get that feeling of like oh my gosh she's making me nervous and like she's driving me nuts which any kind of response that i can or any kind of feeling that a book elicits for me is like whether it's funny or nervousness or anything so i liked that she was that way it's not a complaint but also the one complaint i do have is i feel like Eddie kind of fell in love with Odetta too fast. That was really fast. Did it feel fast for you guys?
2: Yes, I was just like really yes.
5: already I love her. Right. Um, I couldn't get on board cuz I was just learning about Odetta myself and he's already in love with her. So it was like we don't she know, was know on her yet for like
0: 5 minutes. <laughs> I'm
5: like we we got to get to know her Eddie. We don't know her yet. <laughs>
4: Well, let's be honest, there weren't a whole lot of other women on the beach with him, so
5: yeah, because <laughs> that seems yeah. a little
4: limited. <laughs>
5: yeah. And how is Eddie in his early 20s? He was Eddie.
2: young, yeah, like
5: maybe 24 he had, or something. I felt yeah, like he, he had, was had really an early young. 20s kind of response to most things, too. So, <laughs> yeah,
4: and Odetta kind of calls him like when, when she kind of wants to. Put some distance she talks about how he's a young man and talks about their age difference and he kind of like stings him a little bit like hey come on
2: she's definitely a challenge for him
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) literally Uh, steve what did you think of the these two women
3: i thought she was hilarious i loved it uh it was it was a nice little um the humor was a nice little break between all the other action and everything going on and I did like the play on words, I'm sure we'll get to that later, but that was really that was really clever.
0: Which do you play know. on words?
3: Uh the drawing of the three. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. Are you talking about the third door?
3: That uh, yeah, basically.
0: Yeah. Or do you mean that you know he he already got us three because Oteta is two? <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah yeah because I, I was ex- the, well yeah well the third door i was expecting something else to happen so mm-hmm. i thought it was pretty neat that we it wasn't quite what we were expecting
0: yeah quite i, I was i ha- that was another part where i had to go back and reread i was like wait did he said he did he's not bringing anybody from this one but well, we'll, we'll get there and i want to yeah. jump too far ahead
3: but I, th- um, but I think i just really quickly i think uh the romance was a little fast but it, in a way it made sense because he had just lost his brother Mm-hmm. and it kind of felt like he was going through some emotional ups and downs and maybe that kind of that's kind of why it made sense to me is he was recovering still from that and from from the whole experience but she was
0: again works. another person that needed him right because yeah. yeah. she was now experiencing something he had gone through and he he's the only one who has gone through what she has gone through
4: yeah
0: so yeah that's a good sense, that, 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 is, oh go ahead go ahead Tom. Summer, go
2: ahead. I was just going to say, um, I love that she's from the 1950s, that she's from another time. And then he gave her a handicap. And what a handicap he gives her. And um, yeah, I feel like the whole thing with Eddie, it was, it was fast. But Odetta seemed like she was such a beautiful woman and so graceful and sweet. And I think anybody probably could have fell in love with her really easy. I'm not sure if Detta would have survived the whole thing with when she started screaming in the middle of the night i think i might have accidentally killed her <laughs> <laughs> right I
3: hope yeah, never Summer, you, you
4: said something i was just gonna say i think odetta is not only just physically beautiful but also i think there's like this spirit of goodness inside her that she's you know, she's this rich woman who could just live in New York in her penthouse, but yet she goes because she's so passionate about the civil rights movement and about, I think Eddie couldn't help but falling in love with with Odetta. Um, although you're right, the Detta part would have been tough to handle. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's got a couple sides to them. I suppose it could just be, I could go watch TV in the den when Odetta's you know, around. Yeah.
0: So we, I mean the split personality trope is not new for fiction right and we often know that split personalities come from some kind of triggering event what in here i i struggle to know which event actually triggered her um do you guys do you guys pick up on what it was i i missed it i couldn't figure out if it was when she lost her legs or if it was earlier when she bumped her head as a child
5: i got that it was earlier when she had the brick thrown at her head
0: oh for the brick yeah when she was like coma right Mm -hmm. yeah
5: i I can't remember why i feel that way because there's so much in the book there was something and there
3: was something in the book when she got hit with the brick i forget there was something in there that kind of that
5: was huge (laughs) That was, and maybe it's because
2: (laughs) reading it the second time but yeah that jack mort i mean that was huge that it went full circle and she's five years old and she's walking and he because we know his character roland has been inside of him mm-hmm. and then to see him do that to odetta when we already know odetta and the struggle she has because of that yeah i that was like
0: <laughs> mom blowing. yeah yeah well you, you could... quite literally made her the person that she is now more than once twice twice yeah yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. Car
0: because it was twice
2: with with reading it the second time steve i'm not sure if i caught that the first time i read it but reading it a second time because i knew so much and it was just flowing i mean i read it i think in three or four days i just was like uh and it was the first of the month so it's been a been a couple weeks but this i just i don't know all these little things stood out the second time that i i missed the first time
1: yeah, because this thing-
4: question is a good one because i don't yeah. know if i if i've if i can tell you honestly if it was the brick and Detta started appearing after the brick or if she didn't fully come forward until the the train um that fabled day train i don't i don't know honestly i can't
1: i don't know why i keep trying to like i remember him saying something that or Detta saying that when she was like when she got hit in the head with the brick that she found herself when the, when she was in the coma she found herself in her head and it was all dark and she could see another person in the back of her mind so i don't know if it, that and that was the other person lurking because i feel like stevie king made it seem like we all have that person in the back of our head like the evil one i guess um and that was her just waiting in the shadows just waiting to come out and then after the coma and everything happened that's when she finally was like oh i'm here and then that's when the dual personalities started happening so I I'd think like, the answer to this
4: might be in the scene where she um, she kind of lures white boys into into her car and then and then like beats them up. Um, if she's got her legs, and that has to be before the train.
5: Yeah, yeah,
2: that's exactly what I was going yeah. to say. I was going to say no. When she broke that plate, and when she was luring those guys back and beating them up, she had legs. So it had to be the brick.
5: Yeah. yeah. And and then I think there was some talk or, or Odetta said something and, and I don't know exactly, but she was saying that she after that that um, coma she would lose chunks of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And and she never knew why, but we know that it's because Odetta, or because Detta took over. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Hi
0: Jeremy. I just thought there was so much mystery in this section with her trying to figure out how she is the way she is, trying to figure out how she was going to play a part in this group before. Um, And just, yeah, like the scenes after they tied her up because she turned into Detta and (laughs) those were were funny. Yeah. Can I throw in a detail?
4: Okay. Can I throw in a detail? I don't know if anybody else picked it up. I know Steve, um, you were going to go back and read and watch The Shining. Um, but did anybody catch the reference to
3: The Shining in the Stephen King book? Uh, he he talks about the, he talks about, there was some, there was a reference. I forget what it was. It was, um, the hotel or it was the character. There was something that I read. So it's when
4: Eddie's looking through the door. Odetta, when they first were looking through um, Odetta's eyes, or I guess she's dead at that point because she's shoplifting. Um, and he's, it's too smooth. He said, the motion is too smooth. And it turns out because she's in the wheelchair, but he said, it's like that that scene in The Shining oh, where the cameras, yeah, the yeah. steady cam camera's moving through and then he sees the creepy twins. And I don't know yeah. how many of you picked that up, but we've got a reference, Eddie has seen a movie Based on a Stephen King book,
0: inside oh, a in. Stephen King book, a door within a door, yeah, yeah. within yeah. a door, because yeah. we're in
5: Odetta's mind. I think right. too. There wasn't there, there. wasn't there a reference to to how there's always a reference to how scary clowns can be, or there, there was some kind of clown reference in this book too. I I, for, I should have marked it, but there was one little reference somewhere. and typically
1: they seem to be like his top hitter books that yield i feel like he might add some for other books but you notice the ones that are like the ones that are like the top seller books like it of uh, the shining and there's more there's a lot more references like right now i'm reading 11 63 and i won't spoil it for you guys but I was just like, for real, is this really happening? Like, is this happening within the book? Even though it happened in real life, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. I told my wife and she was like confused too. And she was like, i was like, no, this is happening in the book. And I was like, she was like, oh, okay.
0: So at any point during the Odetta, Detta part of this book, did you guys think that they were going to find a way to pull Detta out as her separate, as a separate person? Because I kept thinking, they kept referencing that she had a door in her mind. You know, the gunslinger talks about that and beyond that door we know is Detta. so i kept thinking you know is he going to cure her by bringing Detta out and then feeding her (laughs) the (laughs) Lobstrosities?
4: well it's when i remember when i initially read it my 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 thoughts were always like well we just got to get rid of Detta. um because odetta is obviously the one we we like um and but then in my more recent times i realized that Roland didn't necessarily wasn't on board with that. Roland like even though Detta was horrible, he saw how deadly Detta was and how cunning she was. And he kind of liked Detta. So he was like, you know, if I could tame her a little bit, and she's she's the one I need for, for be my good sleep, right? the Yeah. So I
0: think the perfect time now is to talk about door three because I think it kind of brings the first doors together. Mm -hmm. So I was going to talk about how it eventually, oh, you know, Odetta, it seems to me by the end of this book, let me put up the banner really quick, just in case people don't know, we're talking about the drawing of the three and we're going to talk about the third door, the pusher and summer, you brought this up. You brought him up already that, you know, Roland goes through this door thinking he's about to find the third, person um, to make up his, his new group of people. And that doesn't, that's not what happens here. <clears throat> so Summer, t- tell us a little bit more about <clears throat> the character we meet in on the other side of this door.
2: Oh, well, of course, I, I hate Jack Mort, you know? Um, I, I do love how when Roland came through uh, to Eddie and Odetta because it's like they're at their lowest points. You know, and I'm thinking, how could he make it more complicated to go into somebody's body when somebody's shoplifting and somebody's on a plane, you know, uh, with a bunch of drugs strapped to them? But yeah, Jack Moore, um, to be in his mind was just horrible. I mean, the way that the way he thought about everything, um, what what he thought, how what he wanted to do to people, uh, how sneaky he was, and just I mean, it, it kind of I'm so like emotional uh, that it kind of hurt to read, you know, because I, I would never want to be that type of person. So, yeah.
0: Once again, you kind of experience the confusion, you know, that Roland feels, even though this is his third time, he kind of thinks he's he knows what to expect. But then right away, he, he realizes who does he see? He sees Jack. Is that what his name was from the first book? Am I getting it? Yeah. Jake. Jake. Oh, Jake. <clears throat> and so he thinks he's in the um, the man in black's mm-hmm. body, yeah. right?
5: Yeah.
0: And I so right away, you're like, before. what the?
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so what did you guys think of that when he, you know, that that whole disorientation that the gunslinger feels? Because now this this old feeling is coming back, quite literally tying this to the gunslinger. Uh, book, um, you know. We, I was not expecting Jake to make a comeback here. I, I had been told that he makes a comeback somewhere else in the series, so I, this obviously came as a surprise to me.
4: Who told you <laughs> that?
1: Yeah, who told you?
0: <clears throat> Somebody who was mean and spoiled. Some they didn't give me any spe- spe- specifics. Just were like, eh, that's not the last you'll see of him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but anyway. Brandy and Steve, this being your first time, what did you think about that? And then him chasing him, trying to stop all of this from happening. It, it was kind of that time travel paradox things. Like if I stop it, then Jake won't come to me, you know, to the way station and it's gonna change everything that happens after. What did you think?
5: Well, this Steve thought it was to-
4: like dark. That's, that's what Steve thought.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seems like everything's just come full circle. A, it happens in threes, or what? You know what you want. <laughs> no, I I um had to read this this particular chunk of the book like three times because <laughs> I I was so confused and and it, it finally came to me, but I didn't know were, were were we in his mind or was um was it the man in black? We're seeing uh, Jake now. I mean, it, I just had to read over it a couple of times. And then once it became like really clear to me as I kept going, we are in this crazy person's mind. And is he accessing, is he actually in the time that he's dropping the brick on Odetta? Or is he um, just looking into his memories? So it took me a while to figure out that he was in the morphopedia. So that's what that meant. He's actually just filing through what's what he ha- his experience his experiences, I guess. I don't know. It was very weird but very satisfying when I figured out what was going on. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense.
3: Well, Jeff was Jeff was right, it reminded me of Dark, but also <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but also it, it did it was it took me a while to kind of catch on and there's all these different uh, loops that could be taking place, but My takeaway from it was how much it's influenced stories that we all love like dark that section or um, i don't know later books but at least that kind of reminded me a little bit of of neuromancer even though i didn't really care for neuromancer you it was you start to realize how much it's influenced other stories that we all love and enjoy now i think like
1: summer brought up wasn't it really creepy to see a a person that gets joy out of like he doesn't even kill the people like he just wants to create horrible accidents for them to just like not have a good time in life like he wants to make people feel the way he probably feels like he probably feels like really bad inside and like really like just a like, really crappy person crap life he wants to give that feeling to someone else but so he can have someone to kind of like I don't know if you guys maybe I'm just like this I always feel bad for bad people I guess just because I feel like deep inside no one's born evil it's like just life hits you hard sometimes and it's just the way that you chose to be so i kind of felt bad for the guy that he wanted someone really bad to feel what he felt in life that he would create mayhem to other people to make them feel the way that he felt because he never had that person like if i feel like if he would have had an eddie in his life maybe he would have gone a different direction but it's just i don't know i feel like i'm thinking too much into it like it probably King was just writing it i'm over here like trying to dissect it and trying to figure out how jack was and i was like but I feel like that's just how I am. I really like dissecting an evil person. Like, for example, I don't know if you guys saw Cruella recently, but they're coming out with a lot of like different, um, we're seeing why the person, I guess, is evil and what made him become evil. And I, I just love that. Cause I know no one is born evil.
0: Yeah. There's, you brought up about, you know, why he does things and he actually says here, what mattered was the thing which pushed change into the flow of lives. And perhaps the destinies that that not only of those struck, but of the widening circle around them, like ripples from a stone tossed in a still pond. Yeah. So <clears throat> we talked, you know, about the paradox of um, of the gunslinger making any changes here, and what that will have, what effects will. But in essence, that's exactly what the pusher does, right? He's trying to to change things by pushing he's pushing change um by affecting people's lives and and, and unfortunately he decides to do it in a negative way <laughs> um but that is what you know he's, even if that's like his desires dire, desire to do things so you know to change people's lives in such a way he chooses to do it in a negative way so that's what makes him truly evil cuz there are ways to affect people's lives in a positive way isn't there that would also have rippling effects.
4: So here's so. a question though. Is he anti-Ka or is he serving Ka? Mm. So I he's don't. trying to change people's destinies, which if everyone has Ka and Ka has this path for everybody, he's breaking that. Or in this case, he he was an agent of Ka touching Roland's life in many places. Jake he, what he did brought Jake to the gunslinger, what he did brought Detta and Odetta you know just kind of separated them. Um, so de, you know, which is it?
2: Well, I think it's very dangerous to play God because I think we have no idea, no idea what our actions, what ripple effect it could cause. and something we think is right we can find out years later. But it was something that was very wrong.
0: Well, he, this uh, Jack finds that out, doesn't he? Because what he started with Odetta comes back to eventually end his own life, right? Because a gunslinger wouldn't be in his head if he hadn't been in Odetta's head. So, so it, I his have a
5: question. Yeah. Go ahead. No, finish. Sorry. I was just
0: going to say so those ripples that he caused actually ended, ended up bringing Ka to his own doorstep.
5: Okay, this is where I was confused, because also you guys talk about things coming for full circle and I was, and I might have brought this up to Steve too, is the gunslinger being in Jack's head, Mort's head, is he Jack Mort? Um, did that keep him from pushing Kyle so that the man in black actually had to come do the pushing so no. that things could still go down? I, that's what I'm I'm wondering, but I don't know. I was confused about that whole thing. Why didn't he end up pushing him? Why was it the man in black that pushed him?
4: I don't, I think maybe, cause remember Gunslinger heard that story from Jake and Jake felt the push and then he looked up and the man in black was there as like a priest. So oh, I don't know oh. if, if we know for but sure. He- That's a good question because maybe Because Roland intervened and Jack Moore didn't push Jake, maybe the man in black had to come in and do it at another point, uh, to to cause everything to happen the way it is. Or maybe the man in black was there and Jack Moore did the pushing and the man in black was the one who stepped forward and acted like a priest.
5: But we don't know that That wasn't revealed and I missed it. Okay.
4: (laughs) No, I don't think so. I don't think it's
0: well, it couldn't have been Jack Mort because we followed Jack Mort until his his life ends. So when would he have done it? It had to have been the Man in Black that eventually does it, or it doesn't happen at all. And mazda has got a look on his face like we're gonna find yeah,
1: out. Way. Way. <laughs> like I don't want like you guys like going blending to your books. That's why I'm just not saying anything. So. <laughs> How's my poker face today? I've been
4: practicing.
5: It's good, Jeff. Very good.
1: Thank you. thank you
5: all three, of I'm three poker to players. To yeah I'm time
1: I'll bring my poker face Deb. I'm sorry well, just like just hearing it's so fascinating to hear you guys like having this whole discussion and like knowing what's gonna happen it's kind of like oh man like you guys are in like for I I'll just just like it's I can't I can't I can't, I can't. I'll just <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I I was say, say,
2: it was so long ago when I read them that I there, I only remember these little tiny bits of things in the future books. This one I remember more so because it was my favorite. But the rest of them, The Wastelands on, I remember certain things and certain characters. But there's a lot that I'll, you know, be surprised about too, or you know, that I've forgotten about, or didn't catch the first time because these books are crazy. There's so much information. There's so much that goes on. All
0: right. Well, we're already on for an hour and a half. So I'm going to start wrapping things up. Let's talk about how the the last door ends. So we kind of see what the purpose of um, uh, the gunslinger rolling, going through this door was to, he wants to start.
4: He's got to get oh, some some antibiotics because the, the infection well. infection's back with a vengeance. So he's got to get. Get to new york one more time
5: for need that.
4: some, aston.
0: some aston. aston yes he's fast i love mean, those it. kind of things i just loved
1: it, it wasn't cool to see that like how he would see our medicine and then when he was buying the bullets he was like i can get this many i can buy them in bulk and they were like yeah it's so cool to see that like I don't know. I just like the perspective of someone like coming in new to something and then just like something that we know happens and that we know it's normal to see it being not normal for someone. It's, it's so fascinating.
4: That's, and by the way, this is, that's one of my favorite scenes that always sticks out in the book is the whole like getting the bullets, getting the, uh, the police officers guns and strapping on their guns. And now he's got guns for Eddie and, and Odetta. Um, Although I always miss it every time for some reason they don't make it back with him. Um, but but he's got the bullets. He's getting the, the Aston and the Chief Lex And yeah, I just love this part all coming together. And then there's a really frustrating part where it's like, OK, you got it all. Now get back through the door. Just just go back through the door. You can take Mort with you. You can feed him to the lo- lobstrossities if you want to kill him. But no, he goes on this like cross New York chase just to get back to that, the subway platform
0: but he i think that's what he realizes because he 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 knows that there's was something that happened between odetta and Detta when she sees herself in the mirror right and i think he knows the only way for odetta to be able to control that part of her is for her to confront it that she needs to this is the reason why i wondered if Detta was created by the train because it was like she had to see that in order to to confront her Detta side well so let's talk a little bit about that scene where he forces her to see him kill um jack mort so so that she can um confront that
1: i think it was more of like a psychological thing like i gotta confront my fears like that was one of her fears like this guy just made her life miserable and like that's one of her biggest fears so and then i feel like she knows Deep, deep deep inside of her she knows there's a, another person with her and she fears that person so to finally confront her it was like a big thing but I, I like how he did the whole thing of making them not they didn't necessarily like fight each other but it was more of like who's gonna take control and at the end no one really wins kind of thing and they it was like kind of like a thing of like oh i'm gonna morph these two people and mold like a even better person overall so it was like all the world best like the best of both worlds there we go
5: I have a question though. When you first are getting to know Odetta or Detta in her world and her time, there are little pieces of them of in her mind and her thoughts of Roland wouldn't mind or Roland wouldn't approve of this. Like it popped in there a couple of times. Okay. So now flash forward to all the way what's going on right now. Does she remember him from, I don't know why does she, why is roland in her mind too
3: i have a theory does
5: anyone catch that i don't i think I don't.
3: those are poker faces i think
5: oh okay
4: okay well no no, no i i, I think there is there's a bit to her character in you know just like eddie's you know his superpowers being clever and, and knowing how to talk to people and kind of bs his way out of things i think one of her superpowers is She's very insightful into people um, when when she's not lying to herself. Um, but I think Odetta, I, there's even a line there, it says she sees things, or she sees more or something like that. And I think she she's intuitive on a, on a level that might be more than just normal. Mm.
2: Okay. Yeah, she's still a bit of a mystery to me. You know. I I keep thinking about how um, she was in such a denial that if she was Detta, you couldn't call her Odetta. Like, no, that person doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. the whole thing with her t- truly believing that Eddie and Roland were doing horrible things to her. I mean, these things were, they were actually doing these things to her mind. She actually thought she couldn't hold down any food because mm-hmm. of an allergy. Like, she. I just found her character fascinating, even though I couldn't stand Odetta, I knew we needed her.
5: Yeah, 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 I agree.
4: They were doing things with their witty bitty white candles.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So then we get, is it Susanna? Susanna, yeah. And she's the, so that was the drawing of the three then, was, not necessarily eddie odetta and roland and whatever was behind the third door oh. it was the three people within odetta Detta.
2: Is it's that, Susanna. is that
5: mm-hmm. okay is that what i don't know if that was my takeaway mm-hmm.
1: yeah because i always thought that it was because my cover has three doors in the in the in the cover i was like oh there's three doors so there he's gonna draw like he drew kind of like kind of like the doors were the cards that um there were the I always always can't pronounce what they are called the the tarot cards like I thought that was what it was like the tarot cards became the doors and that's why it's called the drawing because when you're drawing a card you draw like he draw the the dark man drew three cards or I don't know how many drew and they 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 were coming to life so that's why it's like the drawing of the three because the doors the cards became the doors and because they got drawn like there's like a whole little thing going on in my head when I thought of it but I I think it makes more sense for for it to be like he drew three people because in a sense, like it was the two people stuck in one person and then they became Susanna.
4: Yeah, the math gets a little fishy there because yeah. if, you know, if you're counting everybody, then he's then he's technically drawn four, um, Eddie, Odetta, Detta, and Susanna. Um, yeah, and, and the same thing with like the whole like showing, you know, going back to the train, like why did she have to see the train? Because that's where she literally got severed in two. Although she technically got severed in three if you count each of her legs so again
5: math, <laughs>
4: it's a good thing he was an english teacher because math is not as
5: yeah, I mean. <laughs> well i didn't take it like the book was about the drawing of three people to go on roland's journey with him i took it in the end as eddie helped him eddie was like just another character helping him draw these three Ah. odetta you know like it was a story about the drawing of the three but the three wasn't what the three that we thought it was it was the three people in Detta odetta's mind
1: I like that. Yeah. yeah Man, he just didn't use four, jeff because he's very like um i oh, mean i just lost my talk. uh freaking stephen king is very uh like he doesn't like the number 13 like what is that word when you're very um
3: superstitious
0: superstitious,
1: superstitious. superstitious. he's very superstitious and then and number four in Japan means death, so he didn't want to include number four. Like he's a very superstitious person. So uh, even for some of his stories, like number thirteen is super bad, and I'm just like, why is that so bad? Like I like the number thirteen.
2: I was going on Friday the thirteenth. See exactly. Work for
4: summer. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve, you had said something about the third door. You said it wasn't what you had expected. What yeah. What did you expect coming to
3: the third door? I expected them to draw another person, a different person, a whole nother person. <laughs> uh, a specific person or just a different person in general? Just a different person. Oh, I thought okay. it was gonna be, uh, is it Jake or Jack?
5: The kid? Yeah. I thought Jake's it was gonna be the kid. it was going
3: be him, but I, I liked that it was not what I expected.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So before we go on to final thoughts, let's talk about your favorite scene of the whole book. Who wants to start? Raise your hand.
2: Steve.
3: The gun The uh, The gun store was my favorite part. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was a good part. Was yeah. It
2: was clever. It was clever. Him taking the ID or his wallet, like sliding it underneath the thing. Because I was like, how is he going to how is all this going to work?
0: What's interesting is that whole his coming up with all of that was based on Jack Mort's memories and understandings. Mm-hmm. And he literally you know because he doesn't know this world and he's like how can i find a way and so i thought that was interesting that he had to draw on jack mort in order to, to even do that but it was good the whole scene was was good. I have to agree with steve that was a really good one
3: and then he hands him the watch when they're and they're like don't don't you know just put it away and we will split it later and because it was <laughs> way more than what he's what he took so that was really funny
5: yeah i'm with steve that was that was probably my favorite too
1: I think i'm going to share one with summer i think my favorite part was uh the plane like the whole like the whole experience in the plane really got to me like i don't know it's maybe because at that time when i read the book i was flying a lot um so i was like oh man like I, i could not imagine being stuck in like just flying in general he has like another collaboration with another author where he writes stories about planes but i i just i don't know what it is about planes that it's such a big thing for me like it's not like more it's not like a horror thing for me like i can fly I'm not gonna freak out about it but it is in the back of my mind like it's so scary to think like you're on you're like so many feet in the sky and this big old machine is transporting you and machines kind of can be faulty at times so like he's stuck in a big machine with drugs and then everything just wasn't going for him like everything was against him and then I was like how the heck is he gonna get out of this? like that was my thing like I love feeling so anxious even though I hate feeling anxious, I love feeling anxious to, to, to feel, because I know it's not me in there, but I feel anxious towards the character. And I'm like, how is he gonna get out of this?
2: Well, my favorite part is actually a very long part. It's really um, when Eddie and Roland were together alone and they were walking and, you know, the relationship that they formed together, Eddie was so funny. I mean, I just loved how hilarious he was and how Roland really needed that. He needed that lightheartedness sometimes and Eddie's personality, how it was so different from his in the food. You know, the different names for food and um him tasting the food. I, I love that also. Yeah, the hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: I think um, my my favorite scene is a little bit longer than Summers even. It's from um, when Roland wakes up on the beach to uh, the end when uh skinning <laughs> the deer. No, no. <laughs> no, I think I, I, I'm with um, I think Steve and Brandy that the if I extend the scene from the gun store all the way to the drugstore when the you know the druggist can't believe that he's you know, robbing him for uh, you know, for antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then even like little things like when when he, when he the gunslinger has to shoot, he, sh- he like goes down and shoots from the hip so he won't hit anybody else. And he's oh. just shooting the gun out of people's hands. Like he doesn't want to kill even though he is a stone cold killer. Like even in these fast moving moments, he's calculated and he's thinking of life. And he's you kind of see a hero in there even though it's sometimes he's kind of an anti-hero you see that he has heroic tendencies even just as instinct um, and for runner-up i would say it's the battle at balazar's eddie fighting stark raving naked and uh, and uh having to control himself you know them trying to bait him with rolling henry's head in and um and and the gunslinger seeing a glimpse of what eddie could become uh, i i love that that just like sends like you can just saying send that sends like little goosebumps on me but.
1: that's so true what jeremy just said that I, i'm pretty sure more than one time when he was driving i mean he was in a plane going to like i don't know just to sign or to talk in a like talk about one of his books he might have been like on drugs or something on a plane ride and have like the whole interaction with someone like seeing him and like i don't know That's true jeremy
0: Okay. I can't name any scene other than the one oh, you guys that's already me. talked about. Oh. <laughs> they, I really just really enjoy the book. I think um, meeting Odetta and Detta, the, the very brief time that you're in her head, like when he basically rolls himself to the the changing room and then she disappears and the guy opens the door, he's like, where did she go? I thought I thought that was funny. But not as funny as the gun store.
5: But it's it did, just like,
0: it, go, ahead. go
5: ahead. I was I gonna just say gonna... that
0: it was just constantly every time I couldn't didn't think this could get any better, and it just got better and better throughout the book.
2: Um, was anybody else? I don't want to say put off by the um, the love scene between Eddie and. Uh, Susanna, like their first night together, because remember the description of Eddie? Like, he has like three cold sores, they've been like they're just dirty. I think he has like covered in blood, and I mean, and here she's been in a chair for however long, and you know, they just been like sweating and they have to be like so dirty. And then it's like they made love,
5: yeah, <laughs> it, it was, yeah,
3: yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> It's what he said at summer. I
4: did think I, my, in my mind, I, all of that aside, I thought, bo, the bo has to be like through the roof.
5: But I was thinking, like, I guess, I mean, just because they're dirty and sweaty, they have needs, I guess. I,
0: I thought it was funny <laughs> that Eddie kept saying he wanted to go back in to take a shower and get a burger, and you're like, yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> oh yeah. But we all do. But you can take get a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so final thoughts let's wrap everything up we're going to start with the newbies so steve final thoughts on this book and give us your rating
3: uh i really enjoyed it it was a fun ride and it was much different than the gunslinger and i I had faith but it was better than i expected and i'm excited to continue so for me it was a a solid four i think it was a four really close to a five so but it's about a four
5: yeah, I'm the same. I, I gave it a four. I I didn't want to give it a five in case there's one better, than, yeah. <laughs> But, because um, then where do I go? You know, good, I just, good, yeah. I, I'm hoping that it's, and I hear that it's going to get better, so, um, but it was good. I really liked it. I, I had no idea what I was in for, what it was even going to be about. Having read Stephen King before, I can definitely see his him in this book But it's not like any stephen king i've ever read so i'm excited
0: to keep going. so before we move on to the other three do you think that your expectations were really low going into this having not enjoyed the gunslinger and that may have increased your enjoyment
5: i actually felt better after our discussion about the gunslinger and having and then i went back and re-listened to it and read it again before i started this so my expectations were they're not as low but um i just it wasn't i i didn't know what what it was gonna be about i just which i love i I had no idea
3: yeah Yeah, i i had pretty pretty high expectations i think because everyone loves it and i trust jeff so uh yeah i was i i had i don't want to say high high expectations but i expected it to be good it was better than i expected it to be
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay So we're going to leave you for last, Jeff, because this is like your 20th time reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> so Mazza, did you actually reread it or since you just read it recently, you didn't reread it again? I skipped through it,
1: but I didn't reread it because um, it was so fresh in my mind. But I think now when I finished it and I put the book down, I gave it four stars. I was like, I did kind of what Brandy was saying. Like I wanted a like wait to see if other books come up in the series where i'm like oh my god this was just mind-blowing like the, the book was good but when i give a Stephen king a five stars i feel like i'm putting it with other high hitters in my opinion that i'm just like it's not it was really it was a really good book and a four star rating is still really good but to give it a five star it would be it would mean that when you pick this book up you're just gonna like finally when you're finally done with it you're gonna be mind-blowing you're gonna be like you're gonna be recommending it to everybody but i feel like a solid four stars for this book is great just because it's the second book in the series. And I feel like for me, if um, if people pick up the drawing of the three, they're immediately going to want to keep reading The Dark Tower just because it's that good. But for some reason, I just can't give it five stars just because it wasn't. Because when I do my ratings, I do a lot of journey, like how I'm feeling when I'm reading the book. It wasn't like an a, like, oh, amazing journey. It was just pretty good journey. Like I enjoyed myself, but it was never like, I need to keep picking this book up. I need to keep reading. I need to keep reading i don't know if you guys found that to be different though
2: summer yeah so i i love the book it's my favorite in the series but i gave it four stars also because it's a part of a series it's like un it's not complete to me and i i know that sounds silly but yeah i it's very yeah i gave it four stars even though i do love the book and i think you know i think everybody should read it i Mm -hmm. i did give it four stars
0: and Jeff, we know you love it. <laughs> so first
4: of all, I mean, who hurt you guys? Who hurt you? You can, you can, you know, you can give out more than, you, there's plenty of stars to go around. They're just like, <laughs> you ten, theoretical things. You give 10 stars if you want. Um, I, 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 to me, this is a five star book. This is one that, um, when I, I had a weird uh, entrance into the world of the Dark Tower, I read book three first moved on to book four, and then jumped back and did one and two. And I remember um, when I did that, book two was just this gem. Like, how could I have missed all this? How do I? How did I pick up with book three with all of this adventure, all of this great thing? Um, it's I, I've made it a secret. The Dark Tower is my favorite book series ever. So I'm just giving them all five stars. I'm just throwing the stars around. Not stingy with them like you guys, but um just send me some
1: stars, you send me some stars.
4: <laughs> I'll let you borrow some stars, some of my stars if you want them if you're running low. But um, the but yeah I think this this one is such a big inspiration just in terms of the, the total adventure, um, the idea of just point of view characters that are seeing things that you get to kind of experience our world through Roland's eyes. Roland's world through Eddie and, uh, you know, primarily Eddie's eyes, uh, and just this, this idea of a, of a fallible and, um, you know, a, a hero that that is brought down. It's not the Superman, Silver Surfer, nothing can beat them hero. It's, you know, literally on death's door. And all of those elements just kind of like, it was just satisfying beginning to end. Five stars
1: jeff do you think that i was trying to do a video or like i was trying i do have a video where i say like the dark tower like how you're supposed to read it kind of thing but i was thinking like like now that i've actually read some of the books don't you think it'd be a better um order to like for example like steve and brandy wouldn't have been a little bit better to have started with this book and then when they're done with the series to go back and read the first book or do you think it's like completely no like don't do it
4: we we toss that around on the forums too, I think, um, and I, I still think I'm a completionist anyway, so I'm probably the, the wrong person to ask about about this. But I think I think you do have to start with book one. I think until you know how powerful Roland is and what's getting him on this quest, and you get to orient yourself in his world, you get a much stronger footing in his world before moving on to. Um, the, the you know, our world in, in if you read the first book, otherwise, you don't get anything about court and his dad, and that gunslingers yeah. kind of were you know, yeah. this thing of the past. Like, you get very little of that in this book, you get the beach. Oh, I um, but I, my vote is you, you got to start with book one, but I always say also finish with book one, yeah,
5: or even just those little things that were funny about him trying coke and or sugar or hot yeah. dogs and saying cool like you know from the gunslinger that he they talk in a different way there there were some things that were like our world but not i would have never known those things had i not read the gunslinger i wouldn't pick up on any of that
0: <clears throat> yeah i think last time when we did the gunslinger we had this discussion and i had hadn't <clears throat> only read the gunslinger i would have said hey there's a good summary in the beginning of uh, the second book just skip it you know But like i said once i started reading this one i was like oh wait a second i need to go back and if if at any time i could actually tell people you could skip it then i wouldn't have needed to go back and reread parts because there's no context on that summary and so you know when it says the oracle told him double i was like yeah but what did the oracle say specifically i had to go back and see because that really is going to determine what happens here and i want to be able to link those things together so i would say no but i would also encourage people who are going to read it as a caveat it's like this is by no means anything like the rest (laughs) of the books so if you don't like it that doesn't mean you won't enjoy the rest Mm -hmm. so i gave this five stars on goodreads because you can't do half stars and it was not to me was not a four star book it was better than a four star book Um, But it wasn't quite a five star because it is only the second book in a series. So like somewhere I kind of agree it's hard to give something five stars when it's just one book. It's not the whole story. If I read this by itself, I would have still enjoyed it. Would I have enjoyed it at five stars? Probably not. So um, you guys have anything else? Jeremy, I'm curious if you're still on. What did you give? Uh, What rating did you give the book? um and while we're waiting for him to do that i want to thank everybody for joining me today i appreciate you taking two hours out of your morning <laughs> to sit down and discuss this i had a great time i really enjoyed reading this book and it was so much fun to discuss it with you guys
2: um well, also everyone who i'm sorry i just said thank you for having oh. us.
0: Yeah, um,
2: for us it was um
0: jeff who kind of encouraged us to read this and so you know steve was like hey let's do it eight
4: bucks no problem <laughs> some people say encouraged other people say like bullied uh, insisted yeah um, whatever
1: you know whatever you saw it i love how yeah. uh, steve went a lot though he went and bought the whole the box set yeah yeah that's awesome like i went i collected them individually but steve was like no i'm getting all of them at the same time
3: i have to have them match otherwise my ocd yeah. goes crazy oh i get you yeah yeah, yeah. i'm weird
0: so Jeremy says he gave it three stars. He says, the book was insane. Did you guys discuss the language in it? <laughs> so, I mean, this book was written in the 80s, so I kind of forgave a lot yeah. of things that probably yeah. today would be considered problematic. Um, but y- you can't judge a book by its time. Um, yeah. it just- I, I
4: jumped. I almost jumped on the forum just to say, oops, guys, just a little trigger warning. Lots of uh, the <laughs> N-word and swearing and... Sex stuff, just uh, FYI. Because I'd kind of forgotten yeah. it. That it's kind of washed out in my brain.
1: But I feel like it's more like art. You can't really judge art. Like even if it's like like you guys are saying you can't judge it because of the time and but I feel like art, I feel like you have more of a creativity and more like of a <laughs> thing to open yourself up and just not to say whatever you want, but in a sense you can say whatever you want because it's art. You can't really like filter or cancel art just because they say something. It's like it's part of a book and it gives it a more of a vivid feel to include all those things, I think.
2: Yeah, and I feel like it would have taken away from hearing about Zeta's experiences. You know what I mean? I just feel like you would have um, lightened it when that was something that was serious that was going on at that time. I mean, it was what 1959, I think. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, she mm-hmm.
2: what was her time. So I mean, mm-hmm. you had you. And she had both experiences. She had the experience of, you know, being wealthy
5: and also the whole racism. So Mm
0: -hmm.
5: yeah, I, I I think that you can't appreciate what she's been through without seeing the horrific things that were said to her or in that time.
4: And I will say, this is one of the things where I kind of, I don't remember what, where I said it or where it is, but when They were doing the movie even before I saw how horrific the movie was. The casting of Idris Elba was a little problematic to me in that regard because, um, and I love Idris Elba and I would, I would watch him read the phone book. But yes. if you're going to truly do justice to the relationship between Roland and Odetta and Detta, you had she, you know, he was a honk mafia and part of his <laughs> mistrust of him and why he was so evil is because of his color, and that completely goes away with, with the way they cast that movie. And thank goodness it flopped, and they won't be going that direction anymore, but...
2: Well, I, was, I, thought, I, didn't, I didn't watch it, but I was really worried. I thought, well, if they do that with Roland, because imagine Roland in the desert, coming into that town, you know, or going back to Detta's time, or Detta's time, you know, the 1950s, him walking in, you know, I mean, in history things would have been very different. And I thought, well, what are they going to do with Susanna? Who are they what who would they cast for her? Are they going to completely change everything? Because if you right. take away her identity, then what do you do to the character? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? yeah.
3: That's a good point. Well, she could be a
0: cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean,
4: Sorry. That would make all of Detta's dialogue really confusing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: okay again thank you those to those who are are watching those of you guys who join me today um we will be having our discussion of the wastelands the man i wrote this down and i forgot my notes i'll put it in the in the description so you guys can come back and check that out but for all the information about this series um group read you can find that on CreepingDeath.org. the link is in the description already go check that out the calendars there that video that live discussion will again be on my channel and um, i really look forward to seeing all of you again here and maybe more i think there are some others that are going to join us for the third book so uh thanks again for coming i i'm already ready to start the third one i don't know about you guys i can't wait
1: yeah, yes. <laughs> and If we're gonna read the the third one, oh, we have to read this one, too, don't we? Like, uh, by- oh! <laughs>
0: Charlie Choo Choo? Yeah, here we go. Maybe,
1: maybe, right, maybe right before the
4: fourth one, between three and four, we'll go with a Charlie, Charlie Choo Choo. Like, have a whole discussion
0: it
1: and everything.
4: And <laughs> <laughs> seeing the little six shooters at the bottom of the screen here it makes me think of uh, Godless. So, uh,
0: oh, yes.
4: For creeping death. Forums, come and watch godless with us on netflix mm-hmm.
0: yes godless is next week next sunday we'll be discussing that so mm-hmm. um go check it out um the trailer is in the creeping De- death org um form so you can go check out the trailer and see if it's something that you mm-hmm. want to watch all right well that's all for today guys thank you so much for coming have a great rest of your sunday